Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. And it's it's a but it's a message is that um, that we're talking about how the, the the secret place is being devoted and disciplined to meet God on a daily basis, um, and not just you know the nod to God, but really actually meeting God deeply um, in a space that really we have to create because God is always available in the secret place. But see, we've got to be disciplined. We've got to be able to say, you know what, God, I'm going to go after you in the secret place. And so it's something that we have to create, um, this, this, this intimate time with him, because it's a place where private and personal and intimate relationship with God is cultivated. See, sometimes we, we might complain and say, man, I feel so distant from God. I don't know where God is. I, I think he's way out there. But oftentimes we have to turn the mirror and look at it and say, you know what? Well, part of it is because I'm not searching for him. I haven't been going after him. I haven't created these spaces and times that where I can come truly before him because we know in the, in the word, and we'll get to that description in a minute, but we know in Matthew 6, he talks about, you know what? God's in the secret place. God is right there. And so this secret place is a place where we meet daily alone with God. We meet daily alone with Jesus, right? And there are no interruptions and no distractions. That's key. And I know that's tough sometimes when we have kids, little kids. But that might mean we have to adjust and kind of, uh, uh, kind of massage where our secret place is going to be. But see, once we're in the secret place, then that's when the Holy Spirit can begin to speak to our hearts. And we can also bear our hearts to the Holy Spirit, our hearts to God in this secret place. And it's just like, um, like you know, I brought up the example last week of, of kind of a tree. And we'll use a fruit tree this time. But it's just like it, when the, the fruit tree, it, it has this process where it, it takes a while for it to grow and for it to develop the root system, Right? that it needs in order to have strength for its foundation, right? And, and the more that, we, that, 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 that that tree is watered and is firmly in the ground, the, the deeper and the wider the root system goes, right? And, and, and in, a, in a lot of ways, that's how our life is or needs to be with our relationship with the Father, with our relationship with Jesus, we need to begin to water it with God's Word. We need to begin to water it with the Spirit of God, praise and worship. We need to water it so that it gets down deep and our roots begin to grow deep and our roots begin to grow wide, right? So that we have this foundation. And part of that process is the fact that, you know what, that way we can produce bushels and bushels of fruit. For the assignment, right? Or I'll even say assignments, because God could give you multiple assignments, but for the assignments that God has called you to. Not just me, but he's called each and every one of us to an assignment. Whatever that assignment is, it may be just to raise your kids in a godly house. Your assignment could be, you know what, I want you to be a witness in your job. Your assignment could be, I want you to do this or do that. And then he might say, well, yeah, We got that. But then also, you know what? I have an assignment for you in the body of Christ, which means, you know what? You might have to get beyond your little comfort zone and you might have to stretch yourself inside the church. You might have to stretch yourself outside the church. But I have these these plans and these purposes for your life. And it's it's so key that we, we come to understand that because the secret place plants us in the soil of intimacy with God, right? And again, that soil is all about, our, 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 uh, about Scripture. It's about praise. It's about prayer. It's about studying. It's about meditating. It's about listening like we did. It's about journaling. But it's all to strengthen our trust in Him. 
It's all to strengthen our dependency in Him. It's all to strengthen our intimacy in Him and even our faith in Him. Right? And the more that we are strengthened, the more the Holy Spirit comes and He fills you for the, for the assignment. He fills you with His power to fulfill the assignments that He's given for each one of us. And the great thing about the secret place that I said last week was the fact that it carries this truth. What you seek, you find in the kingdom of God. What you seek, you find in the kingdom of God. Because it's always God's heart. Always will be, right? Always, all, all the time. For you to find him. Just think about that right there. Like, like I said, so oftentimes like I run across people that I talk to and say, you know what, I don't know where God is. God is so distant. God is so far away. God, I, I just don't know. But see, that's not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is I'm, I'm right here. But see, sometimes what we do, we take ourselves kind of out of the picture a little bit because we are not putting ourselves in the picture. And so then there's that feeling sometimes in our, our lives. And I've, I've been there where I have felt disconnected from God, but all along God's standing right, right, right there. But it's not me doing the necessary things to plant myself right smack dab in the middle of that, I just said picture, but well, in that picture, with, with, with God right there in the frame. And so um, it's important for us to understand and recognize that we, we've got to establish this secret place in our lives. We've got to do it. It's got to be something that, that is essential to our lives. And all of this really just kind of stems from this series um, or, or really what this internal theme for Lakeshore is uh, this coming year and, and in this season is the fact that we believe that God is calling us um, to have a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. A heart for the house and hands for the harvest. Now, I want to, I want to just kind of uh, pull that apart just a little bit. But the heart for the house, kind of give you some context to it, means kind of a, a call to a, our spiritual family, right, which is you and I, to get back to, into spiritual alignment in our devotion to God and in devotion to the house, the house being the church. And... You, you, I mean, I guess you could say it this way if you wanted to. It's a call to the spiritual family that you're called to, to, to learn to become a disciple and to disciple others. This doesn't stop with you. I'm, I'm just going to get fat in God's word. I'm just going to get fat with the message. No, see, the whole, whole way the kingdom works is he wants you to get something and then give something. That, that's how it works, right? And so part of having a heart for the house is recognizing, okay, one, I, I, I want to get back to the church. I want to get back in church because, you know, through all this pandemic stuff, through all the things that we're facing in this culture, it has really caused people to, to not want to come to church. To kind of think, well, you know what? I can, I can get it kind of away from being at church because I can go online. And that, nothing wrong with that. Or, you know, I, because, you know, even studies and things like that say, you know what, church attendance now is, is pretty much people are maybe one time a month they come to church. That, that, those are studies that people, they're doing. Where before it used to be maybe three times a month. But now with all the stuff that we're encountering and with this crazy world that we're in, all of a sudden now people are just kind of more relaxed when it comes to their church attendance. Now, you're all here, so I'm not, I'm not dogging on any of you, right? Okay, look at your neighbor, just smile. He's not talking about you, right? There you go, okay, all right? I'm not talking, but, but what I'm trying to say is, is, is for us to get a heart and an understanding that it's important for us to gather, right? Because God commands it, right? That's where I, Hebrews chapter 10, okay? Verse 25, now this is in the Passion Translation, but this is what it says. This is not a time to pull away and neglect meeting together. So God is, is telling us in his word that, you know what? No matter what takes place in the world, no matter what takes place in our lives, then you know what? This is not the time to pull away. 
or to neglect meeting together, right? Post-pandemic, let's just say. It says, as some have formed the habit of doing. Man, that's a real easy habit to get into, isn't it? I think it is. And then it says, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other, right? So that's not like, hey, I'm just flying solo in my Christianity. That means that, you know what, we're actually gathering together. And, and, and then it says, onward as we anticipate the day, that day dawning, which means Christ coming again, because he's coming again. But see, the scripture wants us to understand, you know what, no, 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 even as that day comes closer, you should be growing together more. You should be connecting together more. You should be encouraging each other more and more and more. So we can't let the society begin to come in and just kind of blatantly push us off of church. We believe that God's saying, no, 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 I want you to come back to church. I want you to come back to the body of Christ. We want you to come back so that you can experience all that God has for you because it, God was never into the fact that he wants you to fly your relationship with Jesus solo. He, he, that's just not him. He's not in, in, into, into you being solo. Okay, and then let me let me take the next part. The heart of the house really is just reengaging at a different level, and I guess you would say. And then hands for the harvest is just you know getting people involved to bring in the harvest, to reach people. Right? G- Jesus then said, um, I believe it was John, maybe John chapter four. I think I wrote it. Yeah, John chapter four. Jesus said, you know what, guys, don't think the harvest is a couple months away, right? Because you remember he was talking to the Samaritan women and the lady and the disciples came back and he's like, you know, and she went out to tell everybody about, oh my gosh, man, I met Jesus. This is the Messiah. And they started coming out and he, and he tells them, look, don't think harvest time is, is months away. He said, harvest time is right now, right? And he, so what we're trying to look at and, and, and sense what the Lord is saying is, you know what, for us as a, as a church, as, as three campuses, as people who love Jesus, we can't look at the harvest as being three months away. It's right now. He said, hey, you know what, the harvest is right now. And, and I think there's a couple of translations that even say, hey, don't look at it because you know what, don't, because if you, if you don't do it, it, it could, it's going to rot. Don't wait. Jump in. Be a part of that. And so we're supposed to be a part of helping people find Jesus. Because there's people looking for Jesus, right? There's people looking. And there's people that are probably this close. But they need someone who knows Jesus to bring them in, right? Or even just plant a seed or water it. But see, we have to understand that we have a part to play in all of that. And so with that then, we, 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 we're, we're, we're talking about these, this, this series of messages that really kind of um, what we referred to last week is kind of a theology of place. Now, you won't find that in the Bible. You won't find you know, anybody probably if you went to theologian school right, or Bible college. You're not going to say, hey, okay, all right, we're talking about the theology of place today. But what, what we were talking about is we feel like the Bible has laid out that there are three main places where we are to engage in ministry unto the Lord and to others, and those being the secret place that we're talking about, the gathering place, and the public place. Those are three main areas, right? And, and these are areas that, hear me, hear me, church, we should not take lightly because we do. the secret place, the gathering place, and the public place, right? We can't look at it and say, oh, well, somehow I'll fit it into my schedule. I, I, yeah, it just it doesn't really work for me. No, no, no. It has to be something that we don't take lightly. It has to be something that we've got to be devoted to and, and really even have an urgency to. But, but we know the secret place is, you know, just diving in daily, deeply, to have this rich intimacy with, with God. The second thing is, you know, the, the, the actual uh, gathering place is to come together, 
People are coming together for the purpose of worshiping and of worshiping God and then ministering to one to another. Okay, it's not just I come to church, I leave church. No, it really should be a thing where we are connecting and building each other up and encouraging one another. That's that's church family. Right? That that listen, that's kind of where your branches are, I mean your root system are expanding. I was reading the other day about the sequoias in California, right? And they, their, their, their roots is, now they're huge trees, gigantic trees, but their root system doesn't go too deep, but it goes wide. You know why? Because the root systems wrap around the other root systems of the tree. And I thought, wow, what a great, that's how the church should look. That all of our root systems in a congregation, are wrapping around each other, helping each other grow. Helping each other, you know what, when the storms come, hey, I'm right there for you. I'm going to stand there with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe God with you. I'm going to, whatever, whatever you need from me. But see, it's that root system, but see, that root system is developed in the secret place. But, but see, that to me is an idea of church. And then, you know, that, 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 um, the public place then is just, you know, us going out with a, being a relevant witness for the kingdom of God to tell others about who Jesus is. I honestly believe when we get all of this together, then really we will see that we will have a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. So that's kind of a preview, but let's get to our title for today, right? You're like, oh my gosh, finally. But the title of today is, now remember, we're still in the secret place, is the power of God's word. The power of God's word in the secret place. I'm gonna, let me just pray real quick. Holy Spirit, be on this word. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. I'm going to read this in the message version. Because, you know, sometimes you, you, there's all kinds of versions. Sometimes I like to read from versions that, to me, like, make sense. Like, oh, click, got it. Instead of sometimes, like, you know, reading it and going, what? No, you want to be able to, to grasp it, right? So here it says, it says this. There's nothing like the written word of God. Amen? Oh, come on now. There's nothing like the written word of God. Okay. Some of you are like, no, well, I like it on digital. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, Training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are, to, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. Now, remember, we talked about the secret place is one of those areas where you, your root system begins to grow deep. And so the word of God, then, I love this last part, says put together and shaped up. We're, we're put together and shaped up by God's word in our lives. And so we're just going to spend a, a brief moment before we get to our first point on, on, on this, this verse. Because this verse shows us our need to get the most out of the power of God's word for our life. So right off the bat, we can see that the Bible is different. The Bible is different from all other written things. In fact, it's so different, God because God breathed on it, right? And this picture, it paints this picture of God breathing his own substance into something. Think about that. Now, you just think, well, this Bible was printed. It's just a bunch of words. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Bible says that the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? So it's living and powerful, 
So there's an importance to that, right? You would think, oh man, it's, it's the picture of God breathing his own substance into something. Think about it how a musician blows into a, um, an instrument in order to get a distinct sound out of it, right? If you played a tuba, you would get, you know, the big right? If you were to blow into a flute, it would be higher pitched or a piccolo or, or whatever it is. But, but think about that. And basically, it's kind of the same picture. So what God did as a great musician, he breathed upon those who wrote the scripture as his instruments through whom he expressed his heart. Right? He expressed his heart, his emotions, and his will to man. See, when I, when I read Scripture, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, God's expressing his heart to me right now. As I'm reading it, God is expressing his emotions to me right now. As I'm reading, God's expressing to me my, his will to me right now. And see, we, we, we need to approach it that way, realizing that God, there's a, a, a special, right, a special power that is released through God's word into our life. So the Bible contains, right, God's very own life, essence, energy, his, his dynamic power in the word of God. And every time you read, you are taking his power in. Think about that. It's not just for reading like, okay, I casually do. No, we have to understand when we read God's word, we're taking his power in. We're taking all of his essence in. We're, we're, we're having his life being poured in to our lives so that what? We can be nourished. We can be sustained. We can be strengthened. And we can make changes. How, how many know that, that part of God's purpose of his word is to help you make changes in your life, right? That, that's why I love the word useful, because it, it says that in, in the portion of scripture, that, that um, the written word of God for, uh, for showing you the way to salvation, and it says every part of scripture is God breathe and useful, okay? So this word useful, is kind of the same word where you, some translations say profitable or beneficial, but in the Greek, it depicts something advantageous, right? That's a good thing. God's word is supposed to be a good thing to your life. It's supposed to be something that, that, that is healthy to your life. Although sometimes we don't take it that way because we're like, hey, God, you're stepping on my toes today. That ain't right, right? God's like, yeah, it is. It's right. I'm going to step all over. And he goes like, no, I'm just kidding. He won't do that. But but we have to understand it's advantageous to us, means it assists us. It increases things into our life, which, you know, then I was thinking about this. It brings me to the question, um, which may sting a little bit, I guess, but how much do you gain right now when you read Scripture? Because you should gain something every single time because that's God's heart for you. You hear that? You should gain some from Scripture every time you read. So I look at that and think, well, then it's not God's fault. I'm not gaining anything from it. See, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll blame it on God. Well, God, you ain't just ain't speaking to me. God, you just ain't saying something. I can't hear nothing. Oh, what was me? But, but it isn't God's fault. It, it might be the way we're approaching God's Word. It might be a way that we're, we're approaching what, what he's you know, coming up with. But it's God's heart all the time for you to gain something from it. Every single time, he wants your life to be transformed, right? Into the image of his son so we can become more and more like Jesus. That's the goal. I mean, I will be constantly having to work on that. Just being honest. I am not Jesus. I am not even close. Not even close to some of the other guys in the Bible. But I'm working towards it, right? I love that scripture. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So that means I'm a work in progress all the way up until Jesus comes. 
Praise the Lord. So when I falter or when I, you know, mess up or when I, you know, kind of have something going on, man, God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. You're leading me, right? You're leading me into um, paths of, of green pastures, out of still waters, all those things. But see, it's his heart for us to become more and more like him, but really that's up to us. And, and so what is God's word useful for? For showing us truth. God's word is truth. It has to be the foundation of our lives, of our belief systems. It exposes our rebellion. Did you know rebellion is sin? It is. But God's word graciously exposes our errors. You hear that? Graciously exposes our errors so that we can turn from them and get back to God. It's for correcting our mistakes. It's so that, you know what, we can read it, go, oh, and then we can make the course correction to be back in alignment with what God's word has to say. You know, and that could be in relationships. That could be, you know, fine, you know that whole idea of forgiveness. What? Right? Because sometimes we don't like to forgive quickly. But God says, no, you need to forgive quickly. And so he, he just kind of, hey, You've got some bitterness. You've got some unforgiveness there. And the Bible talks about, hey, you got to get rid of that stuff. Flush that stuff out. And then it says it trains us to live God's way. So it trains us, right, to know that we live in Christ. We are in right position with the Lord if we've given our life to him. We're a new creation. And then it teaches us how to act and interact with others, you know, that, that is, is holy, that is right. And so kind of, since we know this concept now and have an understanding of, of, of the importance of God's word and what it does, I want to give you four truths that we believe will help in, in, in that process. As you get into the secret place, now what do I do with God's word? Now, how do I get the most out of God's word in my time with him? Okay, the very first one is come to God's word relationally. Come to God's word relationally. Now, to do that, one must realize first that if you are a Christian, you're not coming through the avenue of his word to earn his love or his approval. You're not coming. Okay, I got to do this so I can earn God's love. I can earn his approval. No, 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 no. You got you to kind of wipe that slate clean. Because here's the deal. If you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are already loved and you are already approved the moment you gave your life to him. Someone might need to hear that today. You are already loved and you are already approved. And so what we can do is then we come to him because we are in Christ. I'm coming to God relationally Right? Because, like, when you have a relationship with someone and they're like a great friend of yours, or you have, you know, you, you feel natural coming in, don't you? Right? Okay, so for an example, if, if you were, hopefully, if I invited you to my house and you could, could walk in or whatever, hopefully you would feel just relationally natural because you know who I am and you know who Pastor Heather is. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just walking. Oh, yeah, yeah, it might be a little bit like, uh, okay, this is weird. I'm at pastor's house. Oh, my gosh. Ah, right? Reminds me. Yeah, anyways. So, um, but, but, but see, relationally, hopefully, all the barriers will be broken. Okay, so when you, I, what I'm asking is then, or what I'm telling you is when you get into the secret place, come to him relationally. You are already in Christ. You already have this relationship with him, and so it shouldn't be awkward. It shouldn't be weird. It shouldn't be, ah, I don't know how to navigate this. I don't know what to do. No, it should be as relaxed as you just walking in to your best friend's house, right? Opening up the refrigerator, getting yourself a soda, turning their TV on, right? I mean, that's kind of, you know, maybe not that you're doing that with God, but you know what I'm talking about. It's a very casual thing. This is what Romans says about you being in Christ. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. It says, um, all, 
are justified. Okay, that means you are made acceptable to God. All are justified and made upright in right standing with God, freely and... uh, Wow. Someone say that word? Thank you. By his grace... Words are tough sometimes, man. Um, By his... I I practice, and I thought I knew it. Uh, By his grace, his unmerited favor and mercy... Okay, that means that his love is just accelerated towards you. Through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. So then you and I as beloved children of God are always to come to God and his word from a right place of standing with him. Right? You know, the Bible says, come boldly into his throne room of grace. Well, how do you come boldly? Because you know who you are in Christ. I know, you know. That, that, that's just this thing because, you know what? God desires this intimacy with us. He longs to have this time and opportunity to even speak to you in the secret place. He wants to speak to you through His Spirit and He wants to speak to you through His Word in the secret place. And, and really, this, this should never become a legalistic thing when you come to God to read His Word. Okay, where you just feel obligated. It should never be a legalistic thing, but it should be a love thing. I love God. God loves me. And in that love, he speaks to me. Kind of think of Barney when I just said that. I love you. You love me, right? But I love God. I mean, that's a really bad reference. You're like, oh my gosh, right? But, but he speaks. He wants to speak to us relationally. Right? I, I, I would hope you never would come to my house and feel comfortable to come in, and then I, I don't even talk to you. I just walk by you. <laughs> Keep going, right? No. Hopefully, it would be a relationship that is built on talking to each other and getting to know one another, right? So we have to approach God's Word relationally so we can grow and we can know more about God and His character, and who He is, and this endless love that He has for you and me. I mean, it's just like a regular relationship, right? In order to truly know Him, and Him to truly know you in a way, we have to to come to Him relationally. Let me give you the second point. It says, ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. So we're talking about when we come into the secret place, and we're going to get into God's Word. First, we have to understand when we walk into the secret place, we've got to understand we, we are relationally connected to him. We're part of his family. And we can talk to him, and he'll talk to us freely. And then as we're in there, then we say, hey, God, give me your eyes and to see and ears to hear. Okay? So what that means is when you come to the word of God, we need to ask him through the Holy Spirit's help to open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears to see what he wants to say to us through the word and to hear what he wants to say to us through his word. And maybe even in a, in a, in a, a still small voice where he says, hey, pay attention to that. Because we can't study God's word and fully receive from it by just using our own intellect, okay? Because sometimes that's how people approach the Bible. I'm just going to use my intellect to navigate this thing. But we can't. That's why it's so important to ask the Holy Spirit. Okay, and the reason why I say that, and one of the things I want you to think about, is how did that go for the Pharisees? Not too good. Didn't go that way. You were good when they when they approached it from their intellect. Because in Jesus' days, if you think about it, no one read the Bible more than the scribes and the Pharisees. I mean, they carried more Bible in their minds and in their mouths than anyone else. They quoted the law of God at will. They were meticulous in, in all of this, paying attention to the rituals and to the details. But Jesus repeatedly spoke to them as if they had not even read the scriptures. What? So there's a way to approach scripture intellectually, but that's okay, but you got to have the Holy Spirit involved. 
you got to have the engagement of the Holy Spirit. That's why you need to ask him, hey, Holy Spirit, be a part of this process. Because Jesus said that in, in, in Matthew chapter 23. Here, here Jesus addresses them a lot with, with, I love this, whoa. Now, it wasn't like, hey, whoa, cool. It was like, whoa, you guys are knuckleheads. I, I'm so kind of disappointed in you, in a sense. But he does it at least eight times. Let me give you one, one portion right here. Matthew 23, verse 13. This is in the Message Bible. Now, that very first part where it says, whoa, that, that's my, I put that in, okay? That's not in the message. But he says, whoa, I've had it with you. Now, he's talking to people who read the Bible constantly all the time. It's in their mind. It's in, they got it in there. It's all intellectual, but it's not relational. And he says, whoa. I've had it with you. You're hopeless. You religion scholars. You Pharisees. Frauds. Your lives are a roadblock to, uh, to God's kingdom. You refuse to enter and won't let anyone else in either. Ouch. Right? I mean, what an indictment. Here these guys are. They're readers of the word. They're studies of scripture. But they weren't getting it. Because all they were getting was intellectual information and not getting spiritual transformation from it. And see, God is about you and I reading God's word and having spiritual transformation take place in our hearts and in our lives. That's what he's about. Right? And this spiritual transformation begins when we decide to become dependent on the Holy Spirit to open our eyes of our spirit to our ears to have understanding to receive from him the wisdom, the revelation of God's word that then brings about transformation in our life if we'll put it into practice. Right? Because, I mean, he could show you all this stuff, all these things. But if you don't put it into practice, then what good is it? And we'll get to that in just a minute. But this is why, this is why Paul prayed this for the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. It says this, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, right? Kind of knowing what is already yours in Christ, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Where does this deepening intimacy come from? The secret. You creating time. So Paul, Paul just knew that, you know what? The, the Holy Spirit has to be engaged in this. I mean, he, he proves in the scripture. The spirit, what did he say? The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Right? If he didn't think the Holy Spirit was important, he would have just said, man, 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 you get wisdom and may you get revelation. I believe that that, 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 that word spirit was planted there on purpose by the Holy Spirit. To tell you, you need the Holy Spirit engaged and involved when you come to God's word. And then all you got to do is ask. <laughs> right? Matthew, Matthew 7, 7 just talks about how, you know what? That God promises in his word that if we will ask, he will answer. We will seek and we will find. The third thing is humble your heart to receive instruction, wisdom, and correction. Humble your heart to receive instruction, wisdom, and correction. Now, humility is a huge thing when it comes to allowing God's word to speak into your life. Humility. Because, again, we might not always like what we hear. We may not always like what, what, what the Lord is showing us, saying about Hey, take a look. But see, when we don't approach it in humility, um, it kind of reminds me of what the Bible describes as a hardened heart. Right? A hardened heart is something, someone, or is, is a process that chooses not to hear what they heard. Okay? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7 says, says this. It says, Today, if you will hear his voice, 
Do not harden your hearts. So there's a process here. You can, you can hear his voice, but you can choose to harden your heart. You can say, yeah, that's great, thanks. But, but not put it into practice. Not, not be able to receive it, right? And when God, when, when God's word speaks and the Holy Spirit highlights something to us, I beg you not to blow it off. Don't just push it to the side. Don't don't just say, well, you know what, I'll get to it at some point. No, you won't. Because most of the time, our natural flesh pushes things out of the side. And do we really get to it at some point? Some of those spiritual things that you know God's been tugging at your heart, trying to change in you? We go, yeah, 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 we'll get to it. Yet, we're still dealing with the same things. And we're wondering why. Well, it's because you kind of just ignored it. And, and again, this is kind of much my idea. You, you kind of hardened your heart towards that. And God, God, God doesn't want that to happen in your life. So when we harden our heart, we won't receive correction. We won't see, receive the instruction. We won't receive the wisdom of God that he really, really wants to give to you. And I think that's why in this passage of Scripture, it, 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 it says the word today. I think that was on purpose too, right? Because to the Holy Spirit, there is a sense of urgency when God speaks a word to you or God reveals to you something in the word. There's an urgency to it because, you know what? I mean, think about it. The Holy Spirit never prompts you to get right with God tomorrow, does he? He's like, hey, check this out. Oh, yeah, you just do it tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It's all good. He never does that, does he? No, the Holy Spirit's pointing it out because he wants it done today. He wants transformation to happen today. And so it's just important that we understand that we have to be able to be humble. We have to be able to receive what God is saying to us and then put it into action today. Go forward with it today. So, again, you're going to walk in knowing that I'm relationally connected you're going to say, Holy Spirit, help me to see God's word, hear what you're saying, help me to, to understand it. And then you're going to say, I'm humbly going to submit to it. As much as it might hurt, as much as it might feel like I'm walking on glass, which it won't, but sometimes our flesh feels that way. And I'm going to walk forward in what you, you're saying. But see, we have to understand that when we open the Bible right before our own eyes, we should at time at the same time open ourselves to it. Let the, let the Bible read you. Right? We're going to read the Bible, but also, you know what? There's times where the Holy Spirit reads you and the Bible reads you and points you out. Have you ever read sometimes where you're like going, okay, how did he know my mail? How did he know that was going on? Well, because the Holy Spirit's moving and the Word of God's reading you, bringing, bringing about change in you. So we just have to submit ourselves in humility to God's word, right? Because he, and as we do that, he'll change our thinking. He'll change our beliefs. He'll, 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 he'll even confront you with your attitudes, okay? He does that to me a lot. But he confronts me with my attitudes. He confronts me, you know, with, with things. But see, he does that because he wants to touch and be involved and be engaged in every aspect of your life so that you're growing to be more and more like Jesus. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God speaks is alive. That God speaks, wait a minute, that the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the uh, immortality, spirit, and the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. And then it says, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. That's what word, God's Word does. 
And let me give you the very last one real quick. Number four is ask the Holy Spirit to help you apply God's word to your life. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me to apply this to my life. Today, not tomorrow, not the next day, not a year from now, but today. But today, right? That moment when the Holy Spirit shines a light on it for you. Right? Because God's word will only work in your life to the degree you are willing to be obedient to it. Let me say that again. God's word will only work in your life to the degree that you are willing to be obedient to it. Right? And being obedient to it means you are applying it to your life. Luke chapter 11, verse 28 says this. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. I'm not making that up, right? Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. How am I going to want to be a blessed one? I do. So I've got to hear God's word, right? And when the Holy Spirit starts to talk, oh, shines it on it, gives me understanding, go, whoa, whoa, wait, I need to change that. Then I need to put it into practice. So let's wrap it up. Let's land the plane, so to speak, right? So you and I must come to God's word relationally with eyes and ears to see and hear with the help of the Holy Spirit. Don't leave the Holy Spirit out of it, right? Because that way we can see all that God has for us. And then we also must come with a humble heart that is willing to receive instruction and correction. Listen, with a determination to apply it to our lives immediately. But all that takes place in the secret place. That's why it's so important to have a secret place. A place where you're, 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 you're one-on-one with God. Now, here's the deal, okay? Because I'm, I'm sure there would be some that might think, well, yeah, but Pastor Scott, you know, there's times I'm walking down the road and, and all of a sudden the, the Lord will say something to me. I'm not in my secret place at the moment. Well, yeah, he has the right to do that. Right? He can do that. But I'm telling you, if, if you really deeply want to grow, your, your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with the Father, your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you need a secret place. And you need a secret place to where you are getting in God's Word so that God's Word can, can be illuminated within your life and within your heart so that you can live this life of abundance that God talks about. So that you can live in a place where, man, I've got stuff to, to, to give to those I'm around in my community so that I can live that when I get to my public place, I've got something to give. I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of praying for people. I'm not ashamed in any way, shape, or form. You know why? Because I've been spending time in the secret place. And that's where my daddy is. That's where my savior is. That's where my, my teacher is and my, my guide the Holy Spirit is. But see, it all comes down to whether or not we're willing to do it. And we just want to encourage you, do it. Do it. I can't show up at your house every day and say, hey, did you do it? I can't do that. Holy Spirit can, right? And so we've got to open our, our hearts. We've got to open our minds and allow Allow just even this, this word for the Holy Spirit to, to, to reveal and speak to us about it. So what I want to do is I just want to pray real quick over you. And then I'll have Corey come up and, 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 and dismiss. But Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your word we're so grateful for the things that it's useful for. We're so grateful for 
Jesus coming, dying for us, and we're grateful for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence in the room right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to each one of us whatever, whatever things that need to be spoken. Thank you that you're speaking in each of our languages that we understand. And so, Holy Spirit, grow. Grow our capacity to hunger and thirst for a secret place. Holy Spirit, go to the dry, deserty places of our hearts right now. Because I think there's, there's some of us here that feel like they are in a desert place with you. And Holy Spirit, go to that right now and begin to upturn the soil. Begin to, to water it with what they've heard today. Begin to um, bring God's word into remembrance into their heart. And begin to uh, turn up the soil of their heart. And begin to seek the Lord because now is the time to seek the Lord before it's too late. And so help us, Holy Spirit, each and every day to feel your nudging, your leading, your, 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 your whisper to come to the secret place. Come find a place with God because God promised in Matthew 6, he's in the secret place. And so I thank you for what you're doing inside of our hearts, inside of our lives. Lord, thank you that you are, are, are really working on developing deep roots within our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray that blessing upon each and every single one of these people. That, Lord, they, they would, they would sense your call to, to just come to the secret place and receive all that God wants to, to give to them. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.